Hey guys, who's excited for some live Front Desk Goddess training? We are super excited to announce some upcoming events for 2022. We now have registration open for Billings, Montana on Friday, January 21st of 2022. And Orlando has just been added for February 25th, 2022. You can call me now to register at 800-592-7239 or you can click the link in our show notes. Just mention this podcast and it'll save you $100. Be sure you use the code FDGR as in Front Desk Goddess Retreat if you are registering online. Welcome to the Front Desk Goddess Diaries. My name is Amy and I'm a personal practice coach for the Brady Group. I have the pleasure of working with dental practices across the globe and you know what I've discovered? Everyone has the same challenges. I'm excited to share wisdom that I've gained from great dental practices just like yours. Has anyone besides me ever shown up on a Monday morning, check the voicemail, and all of a sudden the perfect schedule has fallen apart? (laughs) Patients call over the weekend to cancel their appointments, knowing that they're not going to catch anybody in the office on a Sunday morning. Um, Then, you know, that Monday you're so busy trying to to fill the hygiene slots that failed. Then you notice the 11 o'clock new patient consult didn't show up, and it's like 11.20. Uh, Then you work through lunch trying to fill those hygiene slots uh, just to have one of them show up 25 minutes into their hour-long appointment. Mondays are so awesome. I just love Mondays. So how do we figure that out uh, as far as the the recare schedule? Even new patients. I mean, sometimes we have issues where new patients don't don't show up. And so let's figure out how we can alleviate uh, these issues. First and foremost, we've got to understand why patients fail to show up. Um, I was privy to some information through email from a recent study um, done by a student at the University of Arizona. Um, I do not want to butcher his name, but Vinod, I believe, Subramian. Um, And I'll put the link uh, or his name down in the show notes. But he did a, a study which was really interesting and it revealed some really good insight from the perspective of the patient as to why they missed dental appointments. And here's what they reported um, as the top five reasons that they did not go. Fear of going to the dentist, past trauma, not wanting to miss work, weather, (laughs) and affordability. So affordability is number five in this list, which is kind of interesting. He also, uh, Subramian also came across some data uh, in his study that, was interesting. He said even community clinics where dental care is is more affordable or in a lot of cases even free, he found that patients didn't honor their appointments. So here is here's the kicker. Community clinics, he said, have on average around 30% no-shows, whereas uh, private practices have between 15 and 20%. So <laughs> what does that data tell us? I think we can safely say it's not all about the money. There are so many other quote unquote costs associated with going to the dentist. And I think we need to focus on helping patients um, overcome those things and uh, help them or find out how we can can, uh, discover value for them that supersedes those other costs. Here's one thing I think we've got to really break, uh, not just our habit of saying and doing, but also our patients is uh, saying things like, well, it's just a cleaning. 
I mean, ultimately, um, preventing cancellations and no-shows starts with creating value for the appointment before it's even scheduled. So we've got to make sure that we're not ever putting ourselves in a position to say, oh, it's just a cleaning. Um, because, you know, again, that's patients are going to pick up on that. Here's a situation. Patient calls and says, hey, I'm trying, trying to cancel my appointment for today at 10 o'clock. I mean, it's just a cleaning. Um, what do you do? It's nine o'clock. How are you supposed to fill that, that time slot? Um, you know, here's another situation. I'm calling to cancel my appointment at, at four. Uh, it's just a cleaning, you know, well, we could celebrate because that's the last one at the end of the day. Now we can leave early. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We don't like cancellations, even the, just the cleaning ones, because, uh, overall it just kills profitability, eats up a bunch of your time. And, and we don't want to deal with that. So what do you say to the patient when they try to cancel? How do you save the appointment? First of all, we're not going to be able to save them all. There are going to be some unavoidable, legitimate reasons that some patients cancel. I mean, you know, we're on the, the anyway, depending on where you live, we're either on the tail end or in the middle of a pandemic. And so um, there are some issues that we didn't have to deal with a year and a half ago. Um, so patient calls said, I'm calling to cancel my appointment at 10 o'clock. It's just a cleaning. Here's how I would respond. Oh no, I hope everything's okay. Our hygienist, Vicki, was really looking forward to seeing you today. Is there any way you can rearrange your schedule to keep your reservation? Or maybe it's, oh no, I know you like to make it in twice a year and it looks like it's gonna be several weeks before Vicki is available again. Are you sure you can't keep your reservation? Or maybe we say, thanks so much for letting us know. We really appreciate the call. What can we do to make it easy for you to be here today? It will be several weeks before Vicki can get you back in. Okay, so our, our goal should be, if appropriate, to respectfully help the patient find a way to keep the appointment as scheduled without threatening or embarrassing them. You know, I, I've shared this before. I'm just not a huge fan of charging people. Um, you know, we want them coming because they want to be here, not because they feel threatened. And uh, that just doesn't do a whole lot for the relationship. I talked in a previous podcast about the reverse no-show fee and how to handle those uh, types of things to charge or not to charge. Um, and I'll put the link in the show notes, but uh, let's move on. So we've, what if we've created this cancellation monster? It's just going to take some time to change our mindset first and then the patient. So how do we you know, train both uh, ourselves and the patients that it's not okay to cancel last minute. Again, it starts with us. We've got to make sure that we're not uh, diminishing the value for appointments through our communication at any point in time. Um, make sure we're not constantly rescheduling patients, respect their time. Um, we don't want to be in the habit of saying things like, oh, no problem, or it's okay when they call to cancel. Um, if we've got a poor or inconsistent courtesy reminder system or protocol, we probably ought to get that checked out. And, um, you know, what do we do when a patient doesn't show up? You know, let's talk about that as well. So how do we build value? Let's talk about all patients first, both new and existing. I think we've got to look at our away message, basically any communication with our patients, both verbal and nonverbal. If we have anything that says we require 24 to 48 hour notice for you to cancel your appointments or you will be charged, we're basically giving patients uh, permission to move their appointment as long as it's 24 or 48 hours in advance. Then you get those calls over the weekend. All right, so let's get rid of that and change that verbiage to 
Any changes in your reservations affect many people. We promise to honor your time. And in fairness to all of our patients, we ask that you do the same. Um, so I think that that just makes sense. Okay, let's just not even talk about moving appointments and cancellations. Um, because did you realize that, again, by specifically requiring that 24 to 48 hour notice, you are giving them permission to change their appointment. And it still takes your extra time to scramble and fill those spots. So the goal is to have the recall schedule look the same today as it did six months ago. I mean, I get it. There are some circumstances we can't control, can't avoid like illness. But, you know, that last time, quote unquote, business meeting, I'm telling you, it's code for, oh, it's just a cleaning. I can do that anytime. All right. Let's be cautious of our verbiage when you call to confirm. I don't even like the word confirmation. So from here on out, let's just nix that, that term. <laughs> in my opinion, a reservation is confirmed the moment it goes on the books. When we use that word, guys, we're communicating to the patient that they have an option as to whether or not they keep their appointment. So instead of saying, I'm calling to confirm or just checking to be sure that's a good time for you. <laughs> instead, let's say something like, hey, Mrs. Jones, it's Angela. And I wanted to let you know that our hygienist, Cindy, is so excited to see you tomorrow at three o'clock. She has a one-on-one -on -one time uh, scheduled just for you. Travel safe and we'll see you tomorrow. Um, yeah, you could say that same thing uh, effectively in a text message as well, maybe condensed, but um, it's just a courtesy reminder. We're not uh, confirming. For uh, Let's talk about recare patients specifically. When we book them three to six months out, make sure you're not giving any indication that there's flexibility with those reservations. I used to say the dumbest thing, <laughs> telling on myself. I've, I'm telling you all this stuff because I learned it the hard way. I would say, uh, well, let's go ahead and schedule now. You can always move it. Well, I said that in response to patients who were maybe a little hesitant to schedule their six-month recare appointment. And I said, oh, I'll send you a card two weeks in advance. And if you need to move it then, don't worry about it. That's fine. Well, I'm just setting myself up for more work, guys. I'm setting myself up, up for failure. I had to learn instead to say, let's just go ahead and schedule your six month visit now so you can get the time you prefer and then you can plan around it. Okay, make sure that you're not from the, the very beginning uh, giving any indication that, that there's, you know, this is just a cleaning or it's not that important. You can move it anytime. Make sure that we are sticking to our patient reservation system and and not rearranging things. You know, it's important that we keep new patient slots blocked, your scaling and root planning slots blocked. And what happens often is when a patient wants to reschedule last minute, um, you know, we feel this urgency to get them in quick. And so we might violate some of those slots like a, a new patient visit. And then what happens is it's, you know, becomes weeks before we can get a new patient in because we're rescheduling all of these last minute cancellations and putting them in block slots where they don't go. So don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. Instead, are you sure you can't rearrange your schedule to make it? It's going to be at least however many weeks before you have a real recare appointment uh, before we can get you back in. What if a, no, a new patient, not a new patient, a patient at all, new or existing, no shows in hygiene, who's going to call them? I think it's great for the hygienist to call them. Mrs. Jones, you had a reservation today at 10 o'clock. It's now 1020 and I was really concerned. I hope everything's okay. Hey, this sends the message that your hygienist is now sitting around with nothing to do because that patient didn't show. Because when I call as a front desk, um, 
it's I'm I'm a buffer, and the patient uh, may even think that the hygienist didn't even notice, or it's no big deal. Um, now let's talk about chronic abusers. Say somebody that cancels more reservations than they keep. If they fall off the schedule, um, don't chase them down. Don't call them and leave 20 messages. And you know, I, I think you call one time and uh, just let them know you noticed that they missed their appointment and you hope everything's all right. But if they call and want to reschedule, I would say, well, you know, this uh, we we would love to see you. It hasn't worked out real well for you in the past. And so in order to be fair to everyone, we ask that you go ahead and secure your reservation with a credit card. Okay, That's that reverse no-show fee I mentioned. Again, that's only for those who consistently abuse your time. Um, now let's talk about those who intentionally call when they know you're not going to answer. Uh, I would put something in your away message that's something like, if you have an issue question regarding an upcoming reservation, please call doctor at home. Okay. I mean, who the heck wants to call their dentist at home to cancel their appointment? Um, that makes dentists really nervous. And we, uh, but I'm telling you, it's those who have done it, it's not an issue. We don't want them to be leaving messages, canceling appointments. Um, now, here's the thing if we're going to basically put all these things into place and we're going to enforce this, you've got to make sure that you don't run behind. Because if you don't value your patient's time, they're not going to value yours. If you run behind or you're unorganized with your schedule and planning and you have to reschedule people over and over, you're going to have a hard time asking them to conform. It's just not fair. You need to honor their time first. Reinforce the behavior you want to have happen by first doing it, but also thank your patients who are on time and thank your patients who keep their appointments. Recognize that behavior you want to continue. Now let's talk about new patients for a minute. There are generally three reasons why new patients cancel or no-show. Uh, it's usually no-show. Um, if you don't have an issue with this, great. If you do, you may want to listen up. One is the patient might be scheduled too far out. Uh, second thing, there might be something they heard on the call that they didn't like. Or three, maybe they're scared or, or anxious. So let's talk about patients being scheduled too far out. I remember calling an orthopedic surgeon a few years ago to get my daughter scheduled for a, a sprain that we were thinking she might have from, from her running. And he couldn't see her for several days. I went ahead and scheduled the appointment. I was kind of in a panic, but I kept calling around and, and found a doctor that could see her within a day. Well, guess what? I'm a horrible patient because I didn't call the first guy back to cancel the appointment. I mean, honestly, I was pretty overwhelmed and I was, I was just focused on getting my daughter taken care of and it slipped my mind. Um, so you should be able to get a new patient in within a week, okay? Limited exam within a day or two. Don't fill the new patient blocks with recare patients who have to get in. Um, if they don't book out six months or if uh, they fall off the schedule, again, don't sacrifice a new patient slot to get them in sooner than you have available. Um, now, the second thing, if they heard something on the new patient call they didn't like, or maybe there just wasn't anything on the new patient call that, that you know, um, I don't know, made it made a statement for them or made them, you know, uh, enthusiastic about coming to see you. Maybe enthusiastic is a strong word for the dentist, but there has to be something in that phone call where you connect. OK, maybe they were flat out offed by some insurance or money question, or maybe they didn't like how you answered their questions. Maybe you were too technical or or got to diagnosing over the phone unintentionally. Um, maybe they didn't feel like they were going to get what they want. 
Uh, and again, if you were less than enthusiastic or sounded like you were interrupted by their call, um, they probably just didn't feel a connection. So you've got to make sure we've got to understand that that first phone call is a relationship building opportunity. And we've got to make sure we, we focus on that. Um, ask a lot of questions instead of telling them what to expect. Don't get hung up on insurance or money. Keep it simple and just redirect the conversation back to the relationship and make sure they get something from you prior to the appointment um, via email or snail mail if time allows that focuses on how grateful you are that they chose your office. Um, we've got a fantastic letter. I'll put that in the show notes as well that, um, that you can send your patients that instead of being all full of your policy jargon <laughs> and what's going to happen if you don't do this and what's going to happen if, you know, uh, you have a bill, a, a balance due and all of that. Instead, it focuses on how grateful we are that you chose us. And here are all the things that we promise you as a patient in our practice. So let's talk about the third thing. They're scared or anxious. You know, those last minute meetings that pop up. Like I said, most of the time that's code for, I hate the dentist. I can just go another time. Um, it may have sounded like a great idea last Tuesday when his wife uh, nagged him to make that appointment. And as much as he needs to, to get it done and knows that, maybe he can just put it off a little bit longer. So here's your solution. Listen, ask questions. How can we make you as comfortable as possible when you come to our office today? What exactly do you want to accomplish? Um, Here's another thought. What if your doctor called them the afternoon or, or evening before? Just a short courtesy call. Hi, this is Dr. Brady. I understand I'm going to meet you tomorrow. What can we do to ensure your visit with us is exceptional? Just a thought. Now, here's a note to specialists. We work with a lot of specialists in addition to general dentists and uh, just wanted to share this. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to help out a good friend of mine um, that was on maternity leave. I took her spot at the front desk. Um, and with the only experience I had had prior to that is, you know, was in general practice, I made some assumptions. I thought, wow, these guys don't ever have to worry about patients not showing up because other dentists refer them, you know, and that was generally the uh, experience, but it was not the, um, it, it was not 100%. Okay, I mean, probably close to 99% of the time, patients that were referred by other dentists showed up. And it was great. But if patients found us through other means, it was a different story. Because see, here's the deal. Without the endorsement of a general dentist, we had to learn how to connect and build relationships in a short phone call. And instead of riding on the coattails of, you know, those dentists who referred to us regularly, um, they, uh, we had to, to create that trust instead of it already being established. I mean, we basically had to do what general dentists do most of the time. We had to start from scratch. And so here's what I learned that I think is so important, um, you know, not only from my personal experience, but with all different specialty practices that we've had the privilege of coaching over the years. Number one, please be enthusiastic and show gratitude. Transactional communication might work with referrals most of the time, but if you want to keep referral sources long term with good feedback from their patients and you rely on non-referral sources for new patients, you've got to give them an experience that creates an immediate sense of loyalty and where that patient is saying, wow, okay, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing this, this uh, dentist. This sounds pretty good. Second, give them you know, get them in within a reasonable time frame. In some cases, I get it. Specialty practices are booked out a, a bit further than uh, general practices. So 
you know, it's, it's even more essential to block those new patient slots, not just to get new patients in who may be calling from, uh, you know, other sources, but if your referring doctors happen to find out that you're booked out several weeks, they just might referring, start referring their patients to someone else. So it's important that we uh, keep those blocked and don't assume that patients that are referred to, you know, what they've uh, been referred for or that they even have any value for the solutions you're gonna offer. I think we need to go through the same process with referrals that we do with patients who find us on the internet. We have to establish what it is they wanna accomplish, not the process, but uh, what their objectives are through the future focus and open-ended questions that we uh, talk about so often. See, I hear all the time, oh, we're a specialty practice. So that doesn't apply to us, but let me tell you, don't be so quick to assume that the same relationship focused principles aren't relevant to you. People are still the same. They spend their time and their resources in places and with people that make them feel good. We'd be honored if you would subscribe to the Front Desk Goddess Diaries, rate our podcast and share it with your friends. From one goddess to another, this is Amy signing off.